Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 11. I am Andy Acosta. My friends Eddie Science and Brian Luevanos will be joining me as well. Listeners, thank you for lending us your ears for the next couple hours. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Episode number 11, we hit the ground running. We talk about testing each other. We talk about asking more questions, not asking less questions. Complacency is a big component of not asking enough questions so that there's no conversation. There's nothing being created. So whether you're at home, at work, at school, with friends, with colleagues, with your boss, ask more questions. After that, we get into a little bit of perspective and how everybody's perspective is different. We then dive into self-service and the food and retail industries, how a lot of jobs are getting automated, so there's less people being needed for jobs, and how that's gonna affect the next generation. A lot of people criticize the younger kids for having a short attention span and getting too distracted. Well, if we take away their jobs and we, we take away this social aspect of what the job really means, it's gonna be way worse and we need to find a way to fix that. Finally, we talk about maximizing resources. We talk about the internet, we talk about YouTube, maximizing those resources, and then finally, become self-aware. Become aware of yourself, become aware of those around you. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. Right now, I feel like like the hangover, like, we are back. We are fi- when we have we have we're getting Doug back or whatever when they're yelling, because now we have Brian back, and it's like we are back, <laughs> and we're the three best friends <laughs> that anyone can have. It was one episode, guys. <laughs> I know it feels like forever though. We, well, I t- I said I said it on the last podcast where uh, still adjusting the volumes here. Um, as far as just. It, well, it's, it's only been one podcast, but that's two weeks ago, a full, a full 14 days. So it's like, I feel, I feel like um, we've just done a lot, like a lot's happened in 14 days. At least that's how I feel. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, that, that, that that's I all I mean. It. It's, it's, it, we put into numbers like days wise. Okay, 14 days, one podcast episode. But yeah, it's like okay, you've gone through a bunch of changes at work. I, I've been a good busy. Eddie's been a good busy. You know, we're just trying to you know just keep chugging along. But that's what I mean. And we're the three best friends. I know. Man, that Jocko tea is really tasty. I told you. I told you. Yeah. What's in it again? Pomegranate. Absolutely. Oh, fuck. You get that box, Brian? Should there on the, It should be on the ingredients. I think they're on the side. There or the other side. No, that's not it. The bottom, under the no, no, like under that, no, on the on that side, the label. Now, right under here. the label, yeah, right under the label it says ingredients. Oh yeah, white tea, hibiscus, lemongrass, dried pomegranate, and natural flavors. It's always like the shadiest thing to me. Natural flavors. Well, which ones? Damn it. <laughs> they put grass in it. <laughs> I think I would have to say that. It's more of like there's no uh, preservatives or like concent- concentrate stuff. Like it's whatever's in that those roots and stuff that they have in the tea is that that's the natural flavoring. You know they're not adding uh, an extra pomegranate like concentrate. It's just whatever the whatever the flavors are getting from the tea that not, or the tea bags. That's what you're getting. Or like dirt. There you go. Yeah. Sure. Fair enough. 
I washed my hands with dirt the other day. How was that? It's great. It's the most natural soap you can use. It's actually true. It's like, it actually works too, like with a uh, like like dog poo. Uh, you, when you step in it and you put it in your shoes, like you rub it in fucking dirt and mud. Yep. Get, gets that smell right out. Yep. Sure does. Yep. When you get like oil on your hands, like if you're mm. changing your car's oil, you go and wash your hands with like dirt, mm-hmm. and the dirt will like soak up the oil from yep. your hands. There's a, there is actually because the only reason I know because like uh, like with grease as well, uh, like uh, like grease uh, used for like uh, not electricity but I only know because my dad used it on a semi because he needed like for like some of like the gears and stuff he would actually manu- manually put the grease on, mm-hmm. but there's this like it's 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 like a goop, but it has like texture stuff in it so it's yeah. goop plus some there's that helps a brand you with the grease called Gojo that's what I that's what I buy that might it might be that one after my oil changes just yeah. I remember that because when we were out, when I would go with my dad on the road, like he would have that, like um, you know, he would have that for sure in his toolbox. Very cool. How were y'all week? How how was y'all's week? This week. Now we're gonna fast forward to this week. Brian's back with us. How were your weeks? This week. Super busy. Super 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 analytical. Explain. I literally have to do a lot of analysis <laughs> <laughs> on financials at work, like a lot more than I did before, because I have a new boss. How is the new boss? Uh, he's, I'm a fan of him, of his. Um, it's just a lot of work, which I don't mind. It's just you know, it, it's something to deal with, something that I have to adjust to now, because it's uh, it's a lot of. It's more work and a lot more detailed than what I was asked to do before. So that's mainly it. It's just the more work, and he's a little kind of more of a dick about it. Hmm. But I I see his reasoning. Like he has he has a right to to ask to ask for that from all of us, from me and you know the rest of the accounting department. So he's more of a dick about it. Can you expand on the dickiness? That's a really weird way to put that. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it, it's actually kind of a weird way to to explain it because, because he has, like, a right to do so, but he's just kind of very bland and blunt about it. Like, hey, do this because you should know. You should know how to do it and, and, um, and because we have the manpower to do it and just kind of wants it done and I don't care how you get it done. Like, you, you need to get it done, so do it. And to where our previous boss, like, she was a little more very passive about things, I guess you could say. She was passive about, like, maybe things that weren't important to her at the time. Or, you know, she she was selective on what she needed done at this moment. Yeah, and this guy, he's asking for, like, a bunch of analysis and, and a lot of detailed work on things that he may not even present. But he wants it done because someone needs to know what's going on. Like, you know, someone in the... So, I guess, for example, one very, very general, and I, I think it's it's kind of what I was working on this week. He wants to know why our deposit accounts were $15 million under budget for February. And it was like, well, you know, it could be due to, like, a lot of different shifts. Like, you know, um, some of our bigger customers moved around some 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 money or they they used money to pay off you know to pay their loan so 
it's not that the money left, it just kind of shifted within their accounts and uh, within our accounts as well. And he's like, well, you know, I want to know exactly what happened. And someone needs to know, like, we have the people, um, you know, some, somebody needs to know what happened, and I, I'd like that information. He's like, I may not present it. Somebody may not, you know, ask these questions, but if they do, I want to be able to tell them, oh, this is why, and I have the evidence here. So it's, it's, it's fair. It's just not what we did before. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I ask because um, I got in this conversation earlier this week um, about, I guess, interpretation and words that are offensive. So when you said that your boss or your new boss was kind of like kind of being a dick about it, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, w- what about him is being interpreted as, as dickish? Yeah, and, and it's, it's not really like the way he speaks to us. It's just that it's what he asks of us, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I totally got you. It's just interesting to me. So I've I've asked like 20 people this week, like, hey, um, agree or disagree with this statement. Words are only offensive if you interpret them as such. So I've I've asked just yeah, like about like 20 people at least, agree or disagree. So guys, agree or disagree. <laughs> I'm trying to think because sometimes you people can be like, no matter how you interpret words, like they're meant to be offensive. You know, like sometimes they're it's just someone's flat out trying to be rude and they use the words to to let you know that yeah they they manip- manipulate through words yeah but what if those chosen words aren't offensive to somebody or to the to the person they're aimed at then they should become best friends <laughs> <laughs> well okay so <laughs> for example um for myself so um so the word spick i didn't know that that was an insult to hispanic people um oh, until I, d- I moved to college did you guys know that yeah. that word I, i've never I kn- heard that word i knew that but i feel like if somebody called me that i wouldn't be offended exactly because but but when um people racist people the people that are racist towards hispanics use that word um they're meaning it in the in an offensive manner but if someone said that to me i'd just be like okay that's the most uncreative racial slur i've ever heard in my life but <laughs> like i just i'm I wasn't like I've never I'd never heard the word before until I moved to college. So if someone had called me that, e- even if someone called me that now, I wouldn't be offended because I've never ever ever <laughs> heard that term used. Right. So, but you know they're trying to be offensive. Yeah. If they were to use it, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I would know that they're trying to be offensive, but it hmm. wouldn't. So I guess me. that's that's what I mean with you know, you sometimes people are are trying to offend you and they're going to use the words to do so. Like there is no. There's no doubt that they're trying to be offensive. Is but I guess... So, sorry, is that different from words themselves being offensive? So is it more like the intent then? Because this is a very interesting point that, that no one's brought up to me yet in all of the conversations I've had about this this week. So, like, like in going back to this um, spick example, so I know in this hypothetical example where someone calls me or you or Andy that, um, you know, they're, they're trying to be offensive, but... I'm not going to take offense with that word because it just, I just don't. It doesn't do it for me. But knowing that they're trying to be offensive, um, like, what's that then? You know, is that kind of similar? Is it the same or I is think, it different? Yeah, I would. okay, I guess that the intent is there. What I would throw back, and this is something I learned from Josh Waitskin, ask him a question back. De-escalate the situation. So from there, hey, I don't, I've, I've never even heard that word. I, maybe I've heard it, but I don't recall it at all. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with I haven't, I've never heard that word. And so I'm like, hey, Spick. And then I say, what? I would say, what's, what's that? And they may laugh at me. I'm like, well, I'm being serious. You're calling me something I don't understand. Like, 
What is that? And then for me now, I'd probably just let it go. I mean, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Up until now that we're talking about it on this podcast, I don't know. So and there's, yeah. I'm just going to tie, tie this into a little side note. Just because um, I think it was last week or something, when we were out, me and you, Brian, when I met up with you at Freddie's house. Right, uh, right, right, and then right. a friend came over, right, whatever. And we were talking. They're like, how, how, how old do you think I am? And I said 28. And they got kind of offended. And I was like, well, I'm only going off of basic information that I have from Brian. I don't know your age. I'm not a fucking mind reader, which I always repeat. Or I, I repeat more often now uh, for reasoning. But, uh, but like that, you know, it's like I don't know. I don't have enough context. I don't have enough information to guess your age. I'm not a freaking voodoo person. You know, whatever, mm-hmm. anyth- anything to guess your age. And then when they told me, I was like, okay, cool. She was, uh, she was a little bit younger. And okay. So, like, so I'm like, so then I, so then I progressed from that. I said, okay, so. So then what? Are you going to be mad? I was like, no. Okay, then we're cool. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, that, that's what I would do. <laughs> then chill out. Yeah, exactly. So going, going back to Spick, that, that's my, I guess, little take on it. Because I don't know. It's like, okay, raise maybe a question, see if it goes anywhere. If they still try to offend me, then I probably won't deal with them anyways. I'd let it go because I know that they're trying to be offensive, but it doesn't cause any emotions in me to, yeah. like, care. That's what, yeah, know? yeah. It's like, so, if, so if I was offended, then, I, then I'd be like, well, what the hell? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. why or what's going on? But uh, it doesn't raise any emotions in me, so and I know that they're trying to be offensive, so whatever. It's fair. Um, one guy in particular that I had this initial conversation with, actually. Um, well, I guess let me backtrack for, for people listening. So um, this is a situation that had happened, um, apparently. I, I just have a lot of Facebook friends that hang out at the bar in downtown McAllen, um, Yerberia Cortura. Mm. Forgive my Spanish. My accent's terrible with that. Brian, you're laughing because it's true. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so... A lot of people that I'm friends with on Facebook hang out at that bar, right? And it's a very popular um, uh, music venue right now in, in McAllen, right? And in the Valley in general. So on Mondays, they have their MAC night, which is like like their open mic night, basically. And so I don't know if you guys are aware, but the comedy scene down here is like kind of a thing. Like we kind of have a small comedy scene. So this one guy goes on stage to do open mic and he's doing his comedy act. And I guess he had said a joke about um, transgender people and... Of course, like there's gonna be someone that's gonna be offended by that right. somewhere. So um, someone got offended, or multiple multiple people got offended to the point where, uh, apparently, from what I understand, I may be wrong, but from what I understand, that person is no longer no longer allowed to perform there at the venue, and those kind of jokes are not gonna be allowed at the venue anymore. So um, it's kind of a, a small little censorship there, um, which I thought was was kind of interesting, and for the most part. Um, very hypocritical of art, but yeah. I mean, I get it. Anyway, so moving forward, so this is how this conversation had kind of stemmed um, initially, because I was talking with these people about, well, are like, was it really offensive, or is it like you know just offensive to transgender people, you know? And then um, you know, it starts off this whole conversation about that. And this guy that I was conversing with basically tried to compare words to bullets, um, which the analogy I thought was was rather stupid um you know it's like my, my he, he must be anti-gun too <laughs> probably <laughs> but um anyway i thought the analogy was okay i'll be a little nicer not stupid but it wasn't very well thought out because you can't decide if bullets hurt you or not when they're fired at you from a pistol two thousand feet per second or whatever it is um you know and it's aimed at your body it, you have you have no say so in the manner it's gonna fucking yeah, it's hurt gonna you hurt or it's so, gonna kill you yeah and um, it's going it's to cause damage to you either way, and you have no say in the matter. But when someone calls you spick, Brian, you have a say in the matter of whether or not it offends you. 
So it's Very true. You, yeah. you can you have that choice. So I really wasn't sure where he was trying to get with with the um with the bullet analogy, but is is one of those things. Well, it's almost it's almost like uh, where words hurt people. Yeah, that's probably just all he was trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's it, it that might be like the macro thing that we hear. Like, oh, now now there's such thing as like bullying. There's such thing as like that. So especially in those, the younger kids. Um, I, I do take that very seriously because of my cousin's situation. Like, you know, he thinks because he's big, he can do whatever. And then, like, no, dude, like, you have – if anything, you protect, like, the other the other kids that like, can't, you know, whatever. But anyways, but as far as, like, the bullet thing, it, it seems like it's real, like, like specific. So it's, like, if it's real specific, then, you know, like, spick, one word, one bullet. Okay. It might hurt. But in our – and I think it's also perspective. In our case, that's not, that's not the outcome. So it's, like, we let it go. It's, like, okay. And if we were there listening, you guys would probably laugh or like look like, "Oh my god." And I'd be like, "What?" because <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't know what that word was. Yeah. You know? I guess well, what he was trying to say, I guess with the bullet analogy, now that I'm thinking back and remembering more of the conversation as I'm um, as I'm saying it right now. So, what he's trying to say with the um, with the bullet thing is I had said with the bullet that uh, well the the bullet still has power because it inflicts damage on people when used in that way, right? And he goes, no, he goes, that's not right. The bullet doesn't have power. It's like, what I'm talking about is the culpability factor. Like, you know, you blame the person that pulled the trigger. And then I was like, okay, well, yeah, so you're blaming the sayer of the words. Like, I get that. But, I mean, you can't just go and say bullets aren't aren't powerful. If they weren't powerful, they wouldn't be used in, yeah. in you as know. As a weapon, in, right. Or, or, yeah, a weapon yeah, in, in or in a weapon, or you know, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just overall, the analogy made no sense to me. Yeah. But So we more or less just ended up agreeing to disagree, which is fine. I mean, that's it, good. it was a healthy discussion. That's healthy. That, that's, 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 that's going to be my next sentence. Like, well, that's good. That sounds like a good thing. I, I would agree with disagreeing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely a healthy discussion. It wasn't like a shouting match or anything like that. But um, it definitely intrigued me. Like, it, it, I don't know. Like, I think I just kind of wrecked his world when I told him what happened at one of our gigs um, about a week ago. So not this weekend's gigs, but um, last week when we had a private party. Well, at this private party, an elderly white man um, came up to me um, after our second set, actually. Oh, really? And, um, and comes up to me and tells me, he goes, you know, I'm a little bit old-fashioned, but I was telling my wife, you know, like for some Mexicans, you know, there's something yeah. inherently wrong here. But for some Mexicans, you guys play the shit out of some Ray Price and George Jones music. And I was just <laughs> like, man, like, I'm not even, like, I'm not offended by that. Yeah. Like. You know, uh, it's a compliment. I've now heard that plenty from white people here mm -hmm. in the valley, but if you're buying tickets, I'm still selling them. You know. There you go. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, but because I saw Brian's initial reaction, he's like, "Oh wow!" Well, well, it's almost like a it's almost a culture. Shock. It would be like a kind of kind of a culture shock in a sense of like, yeah, I guess actually, per, a person being honest with you because at least because that's one thing that I would bring up. At least he's being honest. At well, least. because in in my opinion, you say, like, well, what the hell does it matter if you're Mexican right. or not? Right, right. The right. music you're playing, the music to you know your interpretation, the way you'd like to hear it, and yeah. if it does justice to the original, right. where where does your you know ethnicity yeah. even matter? But if he's over like seventy five, he, going back to his com uh, the original person's comment of like I may be old fashioned, but right. You know, I feel like I've heard enough of those old people now that it's like, well, I can call you an old person then. Like, we're, we're cool. <laughs> you know, like, I'll call you an old person and it's all good. It's all square. Yeah. We're squared away. But uh, I don't disagree with I, – I get what you're saying, too, as far as that. But, it's, like I said, I, I guess I've heard it enough at enough private gigs throughout mm -hmm. these past five years. That's like, yeah, I, I come to expect that from white people. So yeah. it's cool. They're still my friends. They still buy tickets. <laughs> I also greatly agree with you, Brian. I think the race thing shouldn't even be a factor for yeah. anything. Um, but that's that's how he said it. And yeah, uh, and I think it's also like a kid's generation thing. You know, yeah, like, you don't just, hear it now. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you hear it in 
way more vulgar context. Like if it's like legit, like yeah. you know, uh, real a genuine like racial slur. But here, I I feel like here in the valley, like, it's pretty you know it's pretty neutral for the most part. It's fucking Mexicans against Mexicans here. Like people are killing, you know people are killing each other anyways. Yeah, and that's one thing that I argue about the United States. Like people are killing each other, same race. Like I don't right. know what the media is doing with that. You know, on that angle, I don't get it because people are killing each other every day. Yep. Um, anyway, back to this this old white man. What's so funny is like, um, well, not him, but another um, white guy goes on to like karaoke of Ray, like later <laughs> yeah. on in the night. Can you turn on the microphone? <laughs> it's so great. And it's like, and then Denver was making a joke about like, um, and he's like, oh, for some white guys, y'all karaoke some mariachi music. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> see, so it works out. It cancels out perfectly. It's funny. Well, you know, I don't like disagree with him. I mean, how many times do you see like, um, you know, uh, Mexican Hispanic race people playing like, Ray Price tunes? Yeah. You know, so right. I don't disagree. And and this is something that an old artist I used to play for, like he he caught that really early, and he let me know, and he's like, hey, like you know, look at this. So like he his basic thing is like you know, n- n- pay attention to how. The gringos like the Mexicans, and the Mexicans like the gringos. Like whether whether they think so or not, even based on this comment, this little situation that Eddie ran into right. with this particular person, it's like yeah, like I don't like I said, I don't get like the mainstream stuff because when we we come in contact with these people every or you know on a week to week basis maybe, and it's like yeah okay it's pretty normal and it's it's only you know okay you know it's I don't know, I don't know what else to say but. Now, the, the next part, so all this back to the context of this original discussion I was having with this person, mm-hmm. I threw that, that true scenario that happened to me, um, I threw that to him to see how he would take it, and I told him, this is what happened, this is how I felt about it. I didn't feel offended, though I'm sure some people would be offended by that statement, right? And he goes, like, man, it's like, I don't know how you like, cannot be offended. Like, I feel offended for you. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's like, you do not get to choose if i'm offended or not you right. do not get to be offended for me the 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 comment was directed at me not at you now if it was directed at you then you'd have a say so in the manner but it was directed at me so i'm the 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 ultimate interpreter yes of that so, information of that information exactly interesting i like i like that answer too cuz that's part of like a big thing that's happening right now in mainstream media that you know it's like oh i'm i'm i think i even brought this up like as far as like the austin protests and stuff where people mm-hmm. are fighting for other people you know, something like that, where it's like, well, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hurt. You know, whatever. Um, interesting, interesting. Good. That's a good conversation. Uh, funny that you had a, that good of a conversation. Then this is something I brought to to Brian was uh, leading up because last week we were supposed to meet, right? It didn't work out. Well, for this, so we're basically, I'm, br- I'm gonna bring up content that I've already had prepared. And one of the things that I thought about because uh, I've been challenging Eddie a lot more question wise wise on purpose because uh, my topic my idea is like testing each other you know that's where you get out of complacency so i brought this up to brian like man like how many times do we get actually challenged to like build on something you know what like building on questions that's why when you first initiated eddie this this little spiel that we're on this little section that we're on uh i would i would i'd say now is like ask more questions you know if, if if he responds to me in a, in a vulgar state, then I, I ask him a question like, "Why?" or you know, or "How?" or "What?" Um, so I don't know. That's just interesting to me because it seems like you kind of like segued into that on your own. Now I can bring it up. You know, it's a, it's allowing me to bring it up here because, um, like I said, to me it gets rid of complacency. It develops creativity. You know, so that besides and this goes for a, in anything you're in. You know, one of the questions I have is, um, 
has your knowledge been tested this week? Like, whatever you've learned, has your knowledge been tested this week? Brian knows yeah. exactly what happened because he had a three-hour meeting with his new CFO. And um, and I had a, that's because I brought this question up two weeks ago now. Yeah. Because remember when I brought and it up to you? It's funny. Yeah, it's funny that you asked me about it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to pay attention, you know, to what I get asked. And a lot of the times it's just work-related stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, on, on, like, processes, not so much on, you know, what I know of, of general What you've already learned. Right, yeah. right. So... So there was that, and I did. I actually got a couple questions asked that were non-work related at work, and I was like, "Oh, okay, let me remember that for you know for Andy's question." And then Friday comes and I have this three-hour meeting, and just all of that just went away and out the window. Yeah, he really tested the crap out of me during that meeting. It's rough, right? It's. I feel like it's very rare whenever something, some kind of occasion like that happens. At least for me, it's super yeah. rare. And that's why it's so much more overwhelming because I, I wasn't used to being asked those type mm-hmm. of questions before. And another thing is like, uh, honestly, I wish I remembered the root of this question, but I know for sure it arises from the book Unshakable, like just reading all that financial information and just trying to like digest it. Oh, I actually came, I think from your friend, because she was like questioning me and like testing my yeah, knowledge. She was testing you. And on this is like at five o'clock in the morning, dude. Like we're like, I'm buzzed on tequila. You know, we're at, you know having a good time. So Brian was drunk on tequila. I but I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what it's like to be buzzed <laughs> on tequila. I just know what it's like to I be was, on my well, face. Honest, I'll be honest. It was so late that I had like one drink and I was I was already tired. So like I was just yeah, you're probably chilling. more tired than because we it was after a gig, bro. It was, <laughs> I went to I went to meet with with these guys after a gig. So, anyways, so she was because she works with an investments manager. So. I was telling her, oh, like, I'm thinking about doing this investing. I'm going to go with Vanguard, blah, blah, blah. So she kept asking me questions, and I was like, she, like, I felt good because I was able to respond to every single thing. At least what I've learned, she approved. She, uh, she confirmed my readings and my learning so far. So, so come sun, Saturday morning is when uh, I started writing these questions, and, I, and it's like, you know, it, it should be good to test each other no matter what because that helps you just reiterate it for yourself but then it, it, it then builds your foundation of like, oh, this, this person is credible. I can recommend him to X person or yeah. to, y, to Y project, whatever project is coming up. Um, that's something I had. Another question I had was, what questions were you asked this week? You know, like, were you asked any questions? Were you asked enough questions? You know, and that's where I, that's where I mean by being tested. Where, you know, what, what kind of questions were you asked? Were they something to build on or were they super minuscule where it almost, you know, it, it was almost irrelevant to like whatever your goal is. Like Eddie, your goal is music career. Okay, like how relevant were all these? How relevant were questions in the music industry today, this week for you? We'll, we'll continue. Hold on, let me just finish. And then like Brian's would be like, okay, Brian, like did your coworkers ask you, hey Brian, I need this equation, or like, hey man, you want to go out for drinks on Friday? That that type of difference of questions. That that's what I mean, or that's what I'm trying to mean as far as a uh, intensity of questions and being. Even more productive through that, because then you're using your brain, you're using your thought pro- thought process to then dive into um, knowledge. You know, whatever yeah. you've learned so far. You had something, Eddie? Yeah, um, I I definitely can't say that it happened to me as as much as it did for Brian this week. I mean, a three hour meeting with your CFO, just being tested on all the knowledge you have on your job, is definitely pretty trying. And it's yeah. something I actually <laughs> kind of not avoided, but um, it just dodged me um, when I started working at Music Academy because um, David was telling me, he goes, ah, usually when I hire someone on, like, I, you know, like, test them over their music theory, and, like, you know, we do, like, 
you know, like exercises together and stuff. And I just kind of gauge like, you know, where their head's at musically and, and where their knowledge is and, and all that. And, and he goes, I'm just going to skip it with you because I know you got a degree from <laughs> Belmont. So I like <laughs> totally bypassed it, dude. And, and there's really um, been times in my, I guess, teaching career thus far mm -hmm. where I probably really should have been monitored because I fucked up. But <laughs> fair. Well, yeah. see, that's fair. And I can tell you into something later, but continue, continue. But so um, as far as uh, relevancy to this week, I, I, I don't know if, it was, if most of it was relevant, but um, I guess a lot of this week for me had to do with, um, with running sound, actually, like audio engineering. So um, for everyone listening, I, uh, for the first time ever, I ran sound for a band, like just ran sound. Like, didn't play or, or anything. I ran sound for a band that, that Walker was helping out with on Friday. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you're using your, your legal name for this well, podcast, cool. aren't well, you? Well, well, Walker's still my – I say it's, it's now become a nickname. We're going to run with nickname. So we're going to get into the Walker thing in a bit. I have it for today. So we're going to get into it, but continue. continue. Okay. So backtracking, starting over there. So this week, for the first time on Friday, I ran sound for a band that Andy uh, was sitting in with <laughs> and I was, I was helping them out. So I was just running sound, and I, like, rented them my equipment and then, like, set it all up and did the whole thing. And for, like, the whole however long you guys played, like, what was it, like a total of two, two and a half hours maybe? <laughs> two hours and 30 minutes max, maybe. if that. So, But either way, for every second, like, every fun. minute, I was, like, all in, man. I was, like, paying attention and making adjustments, like, every step of the way. So it was, it was totally new for me. So I guess ever since that day, really, since like we started setting up, and then all the way until last night when we were sound checking for for our gig mm -hmm. in Falfurias, um, like all of these questions coming at me just felt revolving like around sound mm -hmm. and sound engineering and knowledge behind that. It's a whole different element as that's part of the live production. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's, it's well, it's it's, it's a new knowledge to me. And it's a knowledge, um, I've been saying this for the past couple of days, ever since Friday, um, that I really wish I just had a day, like, in a warehouse where I could hire you guys out or hire a band out to just have them for the day, like, just perform random songs for me for the entire day and let me just fuck with shit. Yeah, for eight and hours. <laughs> yeah, for eight hours or so, just so I can... If, if I feel like if I had a day to do that and just, like, you know, really dial in on some shit, I could be fairly decent. Yeah, well, it also takes time to just go through the process in our case where it's like a gig to gig or it's going to be a gig to gig thing um you know it took me a good three years and even now like just a, i'm getting i'm a, i'm able to get more detailed as far as remember what i was telling you about layers eddie not crossing frequencies between different instruments between your voice and denver's guitar yeah and my guitar and uh, the bass guitar whatever um so all that but all that stuff dude that that's where like i will reiterate as far as like you, you need time to process you you can only process so much information. If you read a 500-page book in one day, you want, you're not going to grab it for the next month or two. Like, it, it's 500 pages of information. You know, um, I know I'm definitely trying to slow down my reading just because instead of processing and then waiting a little bit, I'd rather just go along with the book, let time take its, its space, you know, its time. Let time take its time to uh, let me just grasp it all as I'm going. Um, I've been doing... I guess less rereading because I've been just moving book to book lately, but I've been also taking my time with book to book. So going back to that, and even that's, that's why I asked you, I brought up a bunch of questions yesterday. I'm like, okay, now you need to start thinking about, okay, who are your influences for this record? Who are your influences for like a live show? And listen, like start paying attention to the bass drum, start paying attention to, okay, is the bass drum higher than, than the bass guitar or is it vice versa? You know, uh, 
like Sturgill Simpson has a great mix because it's so diverse. His guitars is way out on the side, but yet his acoustic and his vocals are like just so high up front. You know, it's stuff like that that I that's led back to mind. That's why I told you I was gonna bring it up today because it has it goes back to question asking, building on what you already know, and now progressing. You know, we we're getting up to this point of asking questions and then reiterating what we already know. And now asking new questions because there's stuff that, you, that I told you. I'm like, listen to this mix. There's a DJ. The DJ was playing music. And I'm like, listen to this mix. Listen to the bass drum. It's way loud. It's way loud. I'm perfect because obviously that's how they wanted it. I'm like, there's that. Now if we listen to what we have on our mix in, uh, today at Pioneer, it was the basses were kind of the kick drum was kind of boomy in the back, which is fine. But that that's the difference. It's either you want it distinct and, and very observed, like very clear, or mm -hmm. you want it in the background and you, it's just part of the layering, you know. Uh, basic thing is that asking questions, you know, building on that, building on questions, and then learning how to ask good questions to actually build. Like I said, there's a difference between asking like, "Hey man, let's go get something to eat," versus "Hey man, I need a, I need a, an equation, Brian, you know, whatever." Or Eddie, I need, you know, can you, I need you to sing today for X, whatever, and you know, and I need you to, I need, I don't know, I don't know anything about vocal like training, but I need you to do, uh, I need to practice, I need you to practice slurs. As opposed to, hey man, can you just sing me this song and like, like you know, just however, however you want, like you know, building on the technique, building on th things like that. Sure thing. Do you feel like people ask enough questions with our in our generation specifically? Because I feel like I see a lack of that. Like I don't see enough questions being asked, I and not like enough. Um, sorry, not enough attempts to understand. I think, for sure, at work I ask. Sometimes I feel like I ask too many questions. Because I want to understand, like, every l detail of the main idea that I'm trying to get to. So, like, if, I, if, if I'm assigned, going back to this example, if I'm assigned to find out why we're $15 million off budget in our deposits, I'm going to go through different avenues and ask, you know, every individual that I think might have the answer or a piece of the answer to, like, find all the different pieces of, of the puzzle and you know, and find out why why there was that variance. Cause some for sure, like that variance could be different things happening. You know, cause the variance was for the month, so a bunch of different things could have happened during the entire month to to cause that variance. So I want to find out every you know every piece of the puzzle. So, but that's that's just work. I in in you know outside of work, I I really don't know if I ask enough questions. Sometimes I ask things and. Mainly just to Andy because I feel like he either might have the answer or, or he'll be able to understand what I'm trying to ask and maybe we'll come to to a, a conclusion, you Some know. Some type of solution. Yeah, together. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't know if I, if I ask enough questions outside of work. I was just thinking about that right now because um, one of the other things, going back to this discussion I had with this dude um, that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, like at the end of the whole conversation, he was just like, man, he goes, like, I really enjoyed this conversation, and, like, and I'm, like, like glad you, like, are asking me all this, because I don't think I've ever, like, really had to explain it or really thought about it that deeply, and I'm like, good. Like, so, like, all these questions made you, like, you know, bring out your logic behind your reasoning, and if you don't know your logic behind your reasoning, then what do you have? Yeah. You just have... Well, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't even have a foundation. Yeah, you don't have a foundation. It's a good way to put it, yeah. Sounds a lot, a lot like ignorance. Yeah, like you have an opinion with no logic to back it up. Right, it's like it goes back to it because this because I said it, so it must be you know, it must be true. Yeah. Um, so my answer is no, and I guess I didn't pay attention to it until I was questioned, and I was like, hey, wait a minute, 
do I ask enough questions? Like the answer is probably no. And then and I start then I start observing people, and that's why people get heated really quick. I think instead of asking questions to understand, as Eddie said, that's that's a valid point is to understand. They're just so quick to like no, I disagree, and boom, that's it. Question, uh, you know, the conversation's over. Uh, that's the main thing I have for that. Um, that no, it does no. We we don't ask enough questions. Um, for you, Brian, I would say uh, ask all the questions because from my perspective, perspective as a leader, uh, or from a, or my perspective from a leadership perspective, is that I want you to ask me questions, and I I almost demand almost demand questions. Like, do you have any questions? Even when I'm at nine round and it's a new person coming in for just to, just to inquire about the gym, and I'm like, at the end of the at the end of my spill, I'm like, okay, do you have any questions? And usually they do, and I feel like for the most part. When I see other people in in multiple industries, um, once they see that they're done with you, they walk away, and that's it. You know, there's no follow up, which should be there should be a follow up from employees. You know, so for the only time that maybe you're asking too many questions, if it's the same question over and over again, I think you're good about writing notes. Eddie has a notepad here too. He writes notes. Um, I always have a journal with me everywhere I go, no matter what. Um, I have at least one journal with me to create questions or or write down anything i learned but um that's where that goes that, that's the only time that i feel uh you would n- not be in the right of asking questions if it's the same question you know and i don't i don't think i do and you know one of uh i guess one, one of the persons that i kind of confide in and trust a little more at work is one of our senior accountants and with him like i'm i feel like i, I kind of i call it bugging him I kind of bug him um, when I need information or, or I, I need to know where I can find information because I feel like he has a pretty good grasp on, on like, our database and, and other programs that we use. Like, he's worked with, with several different things, so I feel like he's, he's, he would know, you know, if not the answer, how to get it. So I do feel like I bug him a little, but the other day he, he's like, you know what, like, you know, when you come and ask me something, you make me curious and you want me to find, you make me want to find out. Mm -hmm. So, and it gives me like a little, like a little break aside from away from his, you know, his monotonous duties of reviewing, just reviewing all these, you know, entries and stuff. So he's like, no, like I I don't mind it. Like I enjoy it because we find out things together and it gives me something, you know, to distract me from the monotony of his other work. Right. And, and I would say that's, that's the showmanship of a good leader. That's the, that's 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 what you sh- that's my argument as to what you should do. You should want questions, and then you should also ask questions. And I, I'll tell this in just a tad into extreme ownership, where you work up and down chain of command. I brought that up with Donald Trump and like building a relationship. Well, another thing is also working up down working up and down chain of command and asking questions to then build on and finding and finding and finding a solution. Um, you have something, Eddie? Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to, and that, that's all I was going to say is just, you know, asking questions. You should, you, you should not be frustrated with somebody asking you a question, especially if it's a new question. That's just my opinion. That's the way I take it. Um, sometimes I, well, at least from what I've seen uh, and experienced lately is some people are scared to ask questions. And this is one thing I brought up to you, Eddie. It was like, remember back in elementary and she's like, you have any questions? And r- rarely... <laughs> Cause you were scared. I I know I was. I just I just didn't like being wrong, or I was scared, or I, I was didn't, shy, like, or or that or shy. Shy is good. I did too. not want to draw Same. any attention to myself. Right, like okay, no, no, and then you're like, oh fuck, I don't, I can't do this homework. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know how exactly. to do it. So, so 
I then tell that I t- I then tell this little section that we that we're talking about on going as far as elementary. So like now when I'm working with my cousin, I'm working with just younger young, now now younger people, and it's like you have any questions, and then I see their face. I'm like, what's your question? Like I I can read you. Like I can see your face. Your eyes tell me like you're like lost or whatever. And then once they open up. Once they ask the first question, the rest of it just flows out. You know, they yeah. just, like, start asking. And they're good. Like, oh, sir, I need help on this again. Okay. I'll still coach them up, you know, two, three times. Like, especially for the kids. I mean, I've, I've talked about this over and over again. But coaching up kids because we essentially we have the knowledge base now to build and be creative. So we, sh- we are also a part of the movement that should be wanting to help. Wanting to help. I'm, I'm uh, highlighting wanting to help uh, the next generation. If we don't want them to be quote unquote uh, entitled or anything, we help them to then build their leadership skills, their knowledge skills, their creativity skills. We give them that guidance to then proceed and then develop their own stuff. You know, develop their own products, develop their own apps. Whatever the hell's going to go happen in 20 years from now. You know, right now, um, so much on the Gary V train. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie laughs at me now, so it's cool. But like right now is the technology thing, so I've been using Instagram a lot more. You know, Gonzo's been using it, Eddie's been using it. You know, I've been using Facebook Live a lot more. So that's kind of like the thing now. But going back to the root of like these kids coming up, you know, they're, they'll be in the in, they'll be in the marketplace in the next twenty years. You know, whatever if we can help them just develop their mindset for then, then they can whatever is the thing then then you know they they they'll they'll be the ones to build it. You know, and it'll be good. You know, be good for that generation and then then hopefully if we do a good enough job, they'll then tell that to the next. And that's like, that should be, I mean, that like I said, this is maybe a very personal bias, personal like goal, personal view, but that's what I think should happen because if you're complaining about it, we can fix it. Especially something like this, like it's easy. This is, okay, this is the word. It's simple, not easy because it takes time and patience. Fair enough, fair enough. Hopping on that uh, the questions thing real quick, mm-hmm. couldn't be more accurate. I was so freaking terrified to ask questions in school. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, like as a teacher now, when you, you were bringing that up, and I realized that every lesson I l- go so many extra miles to make sure my students feel comfortable asking me questions. Like I'll be in the middle of lesson and stop, and I was like, okay, is, does what we're doing make sense to you? Do you have any questions about anything? And then, of course, most of the time students are just kind of like, no, no don't think so whatever or just shake their head and i'm just like okay because if you do it's okay if you if you're lost it's not like this is like for a grade or something like no pressure if you're, <laughs> yeah. like you, your parents are paying for this lesson so it's like your your job is to learn yeah. so if you don't get it we need to go back and do it and, that, and that's okay we can do that good so like I, i'm just always constantly reassuring them like don't be afraid to ask questions and then there's been a couple of occasions where um, i had a student who um a vocal student who is in one of the student bands we have there, Music Academy. And I asked him, I was like, I forget exactly what it was pertaining to, but it was in a way about how to sing a certain part of the song. And I asked him, do you understand how to sing this part now? Because he'd gotten it, um, you know, over the length of a, of a 30 minute lesson. And uh, he just kind of like lightly nodded his head like, yeah, like it was like a kind of yeah. And I was like, you're sure? And he goes, do you have any questions? He's like, because if you do, it's okay. We can go back and do this again. And then he was like, no, I think I got it. And I was like, okay. And then sure enough, when it came down to perform the song with the band in front of people, like, he didn't know. And then when I asked him what happened, he was just like, well, I didn't know. And I was like, why didn't you say anything (laughs) when I asked you if you understood or not? Like, it (laughs) boggles my mind. But Well, how old is he? 
he's 12. Well, I would say he messed up. Now, now you know what he needs to work on, which seems like it's performance, but that it's kind of hard to do performance when you're when you're locked up in a, cub- a cubicle room, you know, cubicle sized room. Um, that's one thing that I would that I'm I I am I'd be observant of is it's one thing to practice over and over again in a room with one on one with your teacher, and then you know getting over that stage fright, you know, in front of even five people. I mean, five people that you don't normally perform. In front sure, of. it it wasn't um, a stage fright issue though. It was more of like a certain thing of how to like how to physically sing something, like okay. in a part. So okay. it was it was more of a of a technique. Oh, thing okay, okay, okay. Than a stage fright. Would thing. it be? Well, would it be because of nerves? Would nerves cause that like just jump in your 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 heart rate's racing? Your Okay, pick, put yourself at twelve years old. Well, no, you're you were you were different at twelve years old, Eddie Science. <laughs> well, you also, were performing already. I yeah. feel like you were you were already comfortable. Now is he, you know, would would the heart rate would you know would something physical, such as nervousness, cause him to then mess up that technique where he wasn't or it was not maybe not obvious, but maybe not obvious to him that he didn't foresee in rehearsal, but then it happened in in the show. It's a great question that I don't know I can fully answer mm-hmm. um, because I it's don't. It's fine. I ask a lot of rhetorical questions. Yeah. Not on purpose. I wish I asked better que- I still wish I asked better questions, well, but I asked a lot of rhetorical I questions. I wouldn't even say it was rhetorical. It's just one I, I can't answer because I don't have information on, on how he feels performing okay. in front of a crowd. Okay. So, like, I, I don't know where, he, where his mindset is when he's performing. Is mm-hmm. he enjoying it? Is he nervous all the time? If yeah. so, how nervous? Yeah. Like, different levels of nervousness will affect your performance, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's so, like, that's something you could ask him. Yeah, for sure. Build on that. And I probably will now. But um, I get for the sake of saying it, he's also been doing this for a very long time since he was very small. Hmm. So it's it's not something new to him. Hmm. So I would hope that his stage fright is minimal at best. That's interesting. I, I can't agree more because it took me forever to get over stage fright. Like as a kid, like now it's like it's like now it's a because it because I handle it as a job. It's okay. So that it's but even that just the psyche on my own, myself it's a job so it's it's normal um I think is even my type of like diversion from like the fact of entertainment you know entertaining people and I I still smile I still try to you know interact with the guys and I, we're getting way better which is really cool um but for myself um I took piano lessons for forever I took piano lessons for like 10 years I mean I started when, oh I started when I was 3 and I went until I was 13 so Throughout those times, I did have recitals periodically, right? And then I even did, uh, I don't know if you ever heard, like, guild, like, guild competition. I did I did a few of those leading up to, like, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I'd do those. And even then, like, I just, I couldn't, I, I could, at least at the time, I couldn't grasp it. Now it makes sense. I mean, I'm 25 years old. But, you know, it's been, you know, it's taken that long for me. That, it's just an example for myself. Like I said, it. it it took me a long time. I just remember my hands getting cold. My hands would get just freezing cold. And even now, before shows, I, I get that sensation. So if anybody that actually pays attention, my hands are always in my pocket right before a, a big show. Like the hillbilly stuff and like the, the bar gigs, uh, I've, I, it's kind of more relaxing because we do that more often. But because like the one-hour shows, like my, my, I still get that mental sensation from back in the day. And I put my hands in my pockets and I start like warming them up because like I just feel it in my knuckles. That it, like I said, it's, it's more of a mental psyche and I still go through that now. And everybody's like, but you look like you're here. I, I'm having fun. My, mentally, I'm good. My physical body actually, like there's actually a chemical like change that reminds me of how I felt right. back in the day, you know, back 10, 15 years ago performing for one judge. It wasn't even like public performance. It was just one judge at these guild things. Um, you know, I played 10 songs and whatever and, you know, prepare 
these 10 songs and play for this one person. No one else is listening, but yet, like, I just, just, I wouldn't, you know. And I, I'll never forget this one example, this one excuse that I came up with. I was like, I couldn't hear myself, which I really couldn't. But, like, my now my take on it is t- totally different from then. Like, oh, I couldn't hear myself, so I couldn't play it right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, the keys are still the same. The feels still yeah. re- re- relatively the same. However, okay, this is another little side note is that, like, I'm kind of real particular with my pianos. Like, I have a Pearl River here on purpose. Like, I love those keys. Like, I have that piano for a reason. I I despise Yamaha. I despise all the big brands. I can't get into them. Yamaha, Baldwin, all those, I cannot get into them. That's why we have Pearl River. Cause that's that's the brand that, if I were a pianist professionally, it would be Pearl River, at least acoustic pianos. I, that's what I'd go with. Fair enough. Yeah, Yamaha, not a big fan of their acoustic yeah. pianos. Just throwing that irrelevant piece of information. No, no, no it's, re- well, it's, yeah. it's only quite relevant because I mentioned it. But, yeah, I mean, we can go back to what we're talking about. But, yeah, um, we're talking I about stage their, fright. I love their motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, let's go into this real quick. So, Matt, like, crazy thing, like, multiple industries like that. Like, that's so yeah. – I think that's so cool, like, to develop something like – because there, there was a question that came up today. I don't know if it was on the radio or it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. But it had to do with in like industry, and what I came up with was like those companies that have that longevity, that have multiple like j- they have their leg into every single type of like sub industry like mm-hmm. possible. You Yamaha, you know, Yamaha with motorcycles and then musical instruments and then sound equipment. Sound yeah, sound equipment which mm-hmm. essentially is different. No, essentially yeah. is different. It's it's related it's though. Like main. I can I can see the connection between musical instruments and yeah. sound equipment. But then motorcycles, then, like, then you have that. What the hell? Like, how did you guys engines? I don't they have make engines too, like actual engines for like, like really race cars know. and shit. I don't know. But the first time I noticed the multiple industries thing when I was like really in the tennis when I was younger, like preteen teens in those years, um, Dunlop, like Dunlop is like a big like mm. tennis racket maker, and then they also make like tires and shit. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, don't, and or is, is it the same company that make the picks? Uh, yeah, actually, okay. yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dunlop, Dunlop, Dunlop strings. strings. I have a have a sticker here on my little cabinet deal, but yeah, so that that's interesting because I I I didn't think about that one because it's like yeah they have they make guitar picks they make tires <laughs> and then they make tennis gear. That's crazy. Oh, that's so good. And probably a whole bunch of other shit that I don't know about yet. Mm. Uh, because this is the qu- okay. This is like I guess a scenario that I'm starting to develop because I'm starting to see that trend um, because there's so many like entrepreneurial stuff moving right now. So I do still foresee retail and food industry like falling t- or going down to a fault, you know, or below maybe there's zero. Uh, and food industry, I, I specifically mean uh, chain restaurants, chilies and stuff, because they're everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is that they're using less and less people, which is maybe good profit margin wise, but society wise and interaction wise. It's not good because then you're complaining about these kids who don't know how to do anything. Well, there's no jobs for them to take. Example, yesterday, me and my dad, after I got out of work, before Five Food, yes, I we went to Pizza Hut. The, well, it's not new. I call it new now because the one here on University and Sugar, across from the university. So now you walk in and you direct order. You walk up to the counter like, oh, can I take your order to dine in or carry out? Okay. So they have the menu, like just the menu there on the counter. You give them the, and I feel kind of pressured. Like I, I kind of get the same thing. Like I'm kind of like mm-hmm. general like that. I get the same thing every single time. So it wasn't like I, I already had an idea, but the pressure of like where you're used to getting in, getting waited on, getting your drinks, having some time like just to kind of like feel the room essentially mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. You walk in, you order, 
they give you your cups, they give you a tray, and you go. And you, now you serve your own drinks. So they have a fountain. You serve your own drinks. And uh, they give you a number, like the, like kind of like Whataburger. They give you a number. Now McDonald's does that too. Um, so they give you a number. You serve yourself. And then 12 minutes later, which is the standard time, 12 minutes later they bring you your food, your pizza and wings. So that's what we got, pizza and wings. Um, so what I came from there was like, well, they only need two girls. They had two girls. They had one girl at the counter because you pay instantly. You, essentially, you don't need to leave a tip anymore because the girl, the second girl brings you your food, and that's it. You don't see her again. That's it. Yeah. You then see her cleaning tables like that, are, that have been used previously. They don't, I mean, at least for like, if you need a small box, they even have small boxes on the counter with a fountain drink. So they don't even bring you small boxes anymore. You, you can, can get, get it, it yourself. yourself. <laughs> There you go. And so. it, and I don't know if it's a I, – I won't say it's a bad thing, like I said, business profit-wise, but it just – it made me way more conscious of, like, hiring people. And I, I'll tell it into something right now, but go ahead, Brian. I, you and it, uh, Brian and Eddie have something. Go ahead. Well, I – because I, I think you, you texted me about this yeah. Um, yeah, yesterday or the day before or something. When, when it, it ever happened. Okay. So – and I wondered the same thing. Well, I wondered because this has been kind of like uh, – an ongoing thought. Uh, I heard like a few years back that um, Bank of America was going to get rid of their tellers and they were just going to basically put ATMs in their lobbies and maybe have like one person to like help you with anything that the ATM couldn't do. And it just always got me wondering like, you know, like what other industries, what other companies are going to start getting rid of people? And, you know, and it's something that I guess generally in society we've always wondered like when will machines take over all of our jobs and now what i'm wondering with with this latest example that andy brought up is where are those people gonna go like you know the like you said the kids don't know how to do anything because there's no jobs for them all i wonder what things they will get into because there's no or or there's a you know a a minimal amount of jobs for for them to take on like service like service service industry jobs so are they all just gonna be the next fucking entrepreneurs right like is is, and (laughs) which which may be cool but now when we we already have oversaturation oversaturation of like certain things going from like styles of music to availability because of social media because of the internet because of YouTube right and my biggest thing is probably maybe YouTube and then like SoundCloud not SoundCloud but uh, music in general because now everybody's able to just post their stuff on SoundCloud and whatever. So at some point it seemed cool, but seeing this change of service industry jobs becoming automated, it's like, so then what, I mean, just telling back just to Brian's question because it, it just, it just, it has me in a, in a spin right now. When I, whenever I do think about that, I don't think about it too much because it's too early to tell. We, we don't fucking yeah. know. It will will be well, you know. We'll be older when that happens. Um, one thing my mom brought up: uh, she went to Walmart today, and and this was like at two o'clock in the afternoon. Like this was like midday, and there was no registers open. There were the six self checkout lines and one lady at the at the. But there was no no was checkout no with a person no. ringing you no. up. Wow, and I I I feel like there's a lot of people who still prefer that. Yeah. Even though I find the self checkout fine, like mm-hmm. I, it's I faster it for me, like yeah. you know, same. I'll just yeah. scan my crap and let's go. And but I do feel like there's there's maybe the older folks we were talking earlier about, yeah. you know, old fashioned. Yeah, stuff yeah, like just that. just different generation, just yeah. different way of doing things. Which 
I now agree with Gary Vaynerchuk saying you need to learn the industry. Now, you need to learn it if you're heading into that entrepreneurial direction or if you want to expand on a business, you want to help, you know, you, you use those formats, you use those platforms. But for the consumer, it's becoming less and less. Well, I feel at some point, you know, as a consumer, you're going to have to learn it anyway because that's where the world is heading. It's fair. Because you're not going to have a choice. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to learn it anyway. Yeah. You're going to have to learn to check yourself out yeah, at the store out. because there will be no... Nobody there to help you. I mean, at self-checkouts, there still is somebody. So yeah, I, can Im- I can imagine there. this is probably a very, like, superficial example. But if an older person is having trouble at the self-checkout, mm. there is somebody there to help yeah. them out. Well, my mom, because mom, at the moment, she was very undetached. So she's like, ma'am, I don't know how to do this. And she had her check out all her shit. <laughs> it, was, it made me laugh mm. because we had just seen the Gary Vaynerchuk of, like, the older entrepreneur entrepreneurs yeah. needing to learn the technologies. You didn't learn to drive. A, I mean, you didn't. You, yeah. didn't, you weren't born driving a car. Exactly. You had to learn. You had to it. learn how to drive a car. That was just a great example. So, when, so when she got back home and we talked about it, and and she she gets it. But at that moment, it was like, man, like, you can't just have someone at one checkout line open. Like, to me, that inconvenience. You know, like for for them. I guess not for us. I don't know. I don't know if I'm truly com- or if I have like a substantial complaint here. But it's just an observation, I guess. Um, of that. Well, here, I'll complain about an observation. <laughs> um, so, well, we're talking about where are these kids like going to find these jobs, right, that are either getting automated or just replaced by um, what you're describing Pizza Hut to be as kind of just a smarter way it's, of it's doing things. It's definitely a more efficient way. More efficient. Cuts down costs for sure. I just, I I personally, I like the restaurant restaurant environment. I like, you know, well, I, maybe now because I'm asking questions, I'm, I'm interacting more, so I like that interaction. And now it's not there, you know. And well, at least not at Pizza Hut. <laughs> right, at least not at Pizza Hut. Right, right. Yeah, for now. But if other people, I mean, but if others catch on, you know, I mean, there's that. There's there's just less interaction. And one thing, well, go ahead, and I'll I'll close it out. Go ahead. Yeah, you're about to totally steal my thunder, <laughs> sorry, there, yeah, dude. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. What's wrong sorry, with sorry. you? Sorry, I get uh, fired up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so we're talking about you know everything's getting replaced by either automation machines or uh, with more efficient ways that cut down on employees. So where are these kids going to find these jobs? So here's what I've been thinking about when I see, like, you know, insert sports team, kids traveling sports team on the side of, you know, Main Street, 10th Street, whatever, like asking for donations. Can you please donate so we can get to, you know, to Austin for the state mm. ping pong competition or whatever the fuck sport they're playing now? And drone, <laughs> drone racing. It's always like a it's always like a random thing. It's like, well, I guess like softball is not that random, but like sometimes it's softball and then like and volleyball. And then it was like track and then cheerleading and then dance team and then now it's uh, what's going to be next this is getting it's going down that road where it's getting odd um anyway beside it happened in corpus all the time i'll bet but uh beside all that point i guess with the with weird sports but not that any of those are weird but you know it's just linearly it's getting weirder and i've talked way too much about that i'm just saying that it's going to be ping pong they're going to be asking for donations (laughs) for ping pong one day okay i'm moving on i promise (laughs) now so it's going to be drone racing. I told you. I had a conversation with a guy from, like, New York or some shit earlier on Twitter about that. Go, Good, good go. Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay, moving on with my point. So they're just asking for donations. And I'm like, what are you teaching the kids? What are you teaching your, your youth, your young adults here, your 12-year-olds, your 13-year-olds that are getting well within into that age range where they need to start learning how to take care of things on their own? And, like, what are you teaching them when they need a, They need money to get to Austin to do what they love to do or do what they want to do? So, well, you need money. How are you going to get it? You need to do something beneficial, damn it. Sell me a bottled water on a hot day. 
wash my car. Earn it. They and sell water bottles. Yeah, yeah water I've, done bottles I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But um, you know yeah, what? Water is a beneficial thing, and people need it. Yeah. And especially down here in the summer, I've I've bought some before, like bottled water on the side of the road when they're asking donations to get to their softball tournament yeah. somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. It's hot as fuck outside. <laughs> but um, anyway, but at least like at that point when they're selling something or or doing something, uh, some kind of service to to earn the money, right? At least that's teaching their kids something. Um, something worth teaching, right? Instead right. of just standing on the side of the road and it's okay to ask for money to, to be able to do what you need to do. And I mean, like, no judgment, but I mean, when it comes to the youth, I mean, you got to think about, like, that's what you're instilling in them and that's what's going to stick with them and that's how they're going to go through life thinking. And you got to be really fucking careful with that. It's funny that you bring all that up because just yesterday, and, and this group of kids that I'm about to bring up, they're a little older because they're in high school. Okay. But um, I was just talking to, we had a like a fraternity event last night, a dinner, um, kind of s- celebrating our chapter being five years old, you know, down here at, at, at the university. And I was talking to a fraternity brother, and his sister is in a mariachi in high school. I think she still is. And... Um, he was telling me that what they would do is, like, on, on weekends, weekend nights, they'd go out to, like, all of these restaurants, like, uh, North Edinburgh, and perform for, for money. And that's how they fundraise to get to their mariachi competitions. Nice. I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't know they actually do that. Because, like, yeah, like, they have these major competitions, like, in Florida, in Arizona, and New Mexico, like, out of the state. Right. So they got to fundraise, and, you know, they'll, they'll go and, and play, you know, some songs in some restaurants for, yeah. for money. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's like, good. That, that, that's, like, helping instill, yet again, the entrepreneurial, yeah. like, go out and do something. You know, there's all, like, more than likely, and this goes back to, like, Tim Ferriss and stuff that I've learned, and I'm doing myself, and I, I'm seeing, you know, some feedback. But where you, if you, if it, if you have at least one, one, uh, how do you put it? If you have at least one fan, which is yourself, then you have something, you know. And and one example he gave, because this was on the Jago podcast with Tim Ferriss, was I guess it was I think it was when Tim he Tim was talking about when he first I think wrote the first book I think it was Four Hour Work Week, and and in the beginning it was uh, of course he had like okay I had this concept book of you know that I want to teach everybody. And it got down, I guess, maybe at some point where if one person can take one page out of it and just, like, build off of that, like, build his business off of that, then that's great, you know. But it doesn't have to be the whole book. And I think that's what's held into, like, his buffet style now with, like, 4-Hour Body, right. Tools of Titans, you know, that, that style. Because now he'll give you, like, just points. And if you can use at least one or two or 10 or 15 out of, you know, 200, that's still going to set you apart from the person who's not. Who's not moving in that direction? Any any direction. All right. So like, well, at Music Academy, um, the owner David, his son, um, Joaquin, who's like, I want to say he's like eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. He's always, 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 always got like, uh, like one of those like Sam's like you know big packages of um, you know like various like cookie crackers or whatever oh, like nice. like Oreos or animal crackers mm-hmm. stuff like that. But he always has those like. You know, um, industrial size. Yeah, big <laughs> box. Yeah. The bulk size box. Yeah, the bulk size. There you go, the bulk size boxes. And he's always, always, always selling those to, like, parents and students or whatever. And it it, it always it, it makes me, like, cringe a little bit whenever I see one of the parents react, like, negatively to that. Like, they don't think he should be doing that. And they don't think, like, you know, anyone should be letting him do that. And it's like, no. Like, 
like fucking let him do that. That's good. Like that's that's what we need, and that's like what should happen. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Like yep. he's trying to make no. like he's trying to make a return on his yeah. on his little investment here. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yes. So if you want to buy a little container of Oreos for a dollar, then then if that's worth it to you yeah, at that it, point, it, then do it. But it gives you value, or it gives value to you, or it's valuable enough to you. Yeah, that brings back memories. Did you guys ever catch that in high school, when people would buy like not even for fundraising for an organization, just individual students would go and buy like, dude, um, chocolate bars like at mm-hmm. Sam's, and then they'd sell them. I do. I kind of remember it, but I'll tell you from my substitute experience, especially in middle school. Mm-hmm. There is an industry. Yeah, and they honestly like it out. okay. This is pure opinion. Do you guys think that the schools should, you know, um, punish or or should deter students from doing that? Because they they do they do tell them to stop if they're caught. Right at this point, no, because of the way the school system is run, based on the star test, based on like a format mm-hmm. this little go-getting thing at least allows them to start building that now what should be taught is to be not greedy to um, give to others you know maybe you're making money okay but you know give something to somebody not not, not back to school either like fuck that like i say definitely <laughs> fuck that no i'm not saying that i'm saying i believe they shouldn't not, maybe not encourage, just let it happen, let it be, but they should start inputting into these kids or start planting seeds of, you know, the, the don't be greedy, you know, help others, you know, all the good virtues that I think we're trying to do on this podcast, you know, everything we've talked about. But so for me, no, I, I believe uh, they should let it ride, not encourage it, just let it ride. Right. I think there's a lot of specifics I need to know. I think it'd be like a case-to-case thing that you just kind of need to know specifics for. Like, for example, in, a, in maybe a negative scenario where it's impacting the learning of a classroom environment, right. then in that case, like, mm-hmm. you need to tell them to put it away, obviously. And, and, but there's ways to do that in an, encur- in an encouraging matter and not in a you know, disencouraging, I guess. You know? mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you don't want to deter them from, from being entrepreneurial or having that spirit or having that business mindset. Like, that's a great thing to have, right? That's, right. that's what you want them to leave with but um you know like for example like if some kid's disrupting the classroom like trying to Mm -hmm. do that i'd probably tell him or her like hey i'm glad that you're trying to do that but the school or the classroom is not a place to be doing that you need to find time to do that outside of school right or somewhere else but not here um i i i have already have like i guess first-hand experience now so i just tell him wait till five five minutes before the bell like I, I'm okay with it because I'm I'm set up shop by the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, because we're we're part of this movement, so I'm I'm definitely for it. You know, I'm not right. against it. Or like, oh, oh, sir, can I go to ex teacher? Because dude, teachers are in this thing, dude. Like it's it's not as it's not just a student thing. They're bro. sweet tooth. Yeah, sweet dude, tooth. it's all good. And chips and like stuff, dude. That yeah. teachers are selling too. It's all good. For me, oh, it's all shit. good, man. Like I, I like I said back to you. Like the original question is like hell no. Like fucking do it because the way things are like I said. The way things are run is like, yeah, absolutely. We just got to instill the virtues that come along with having money. You know, not... And because if you don't learn how to save and the greed, you're going to lose it all anyways. Yeah. If anything, I... I, I being a teacher... Uh, or in the teacher's shoes, I would probably at one point use one of those, quote, entrepreneurial students as, like, just an example for, like, a quick math lesson or something. You know, yeah. okay, Some Julio, financial literacy... Yeah. Yeah, like Julio started with, you know, a box of 50 chocolate bars that he paid, um, let's say, 15 bucks for. How much did each individual chocolate bar cost at that point? And then, you know, do the math. 
And then so okay, so if Julio sold every chocolate bar at one dollar, how much is he making on every chocolate bar he sells? And then you know, I mean, you can you can do with that what you will, right? You yeah. can break apart that pyramid however the hell you right, want. Right, right. However you go about it. But yeah. That's actually a good one. I I like that. I I have to think about that next time because, uh, I had I just didn't think about it. But yeah, I I dig it. Uh, teachers are in it. Teachers are in on it too. It's all good. Um, it's just the teacher's job to then hey, if you're gonna sell or whatever, you know. There's definitely a little industry. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I enjoy seeing it. And I've seen it at both middle schools that I subbed at. So it's not just a one school thing or whatever. And you're like, no, everybody's into it. It's all good. Little side hustle. Dollar dollar per bag, whatever, dollar per candy. You know, you 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 pay, you know, five bucks for a box of 20. And you sell it at, you sell it at a dollar a piece. You have a $15 return. It's all good. I mean, for me, it's, like I said, if it, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, just as long yeah. as they're not selling illegal drugs. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Illegal yeah. candies. <laughs> yeah, the ones with little uh, cartoons on them. Or regular regular drugs, I guess, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem, like that, because I feel like that's like a college thing, like you know, especially when you oh, come into like oh, yeah. Adderall and stuff. You know, oh yeah, yeah. All it's that the stuff. entrepreneurial spirit style. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, for me, it's just the health health effects of that stuff. If you want to dive into that, we can, I, but. It's interesting. It was interesting seeing that for the first time in college. You hear about it. I feel like you hear about it in high school way more than it's actually done. But then you get to college, and it's like it's being done. It's funny though. Like maybe the universities. I don't know if all right, but at least here locally, like I remember Pan Am at the library, they had these little like packets with like tablets of something, and I forgot what it was called. It had some like clever name for like you know smart pills or something, and I was like what the hell like are th- are they trying to capitalize on you know the fact that students want to maybe take some type of pill that will allow them to focus or you know without reaching into you know prescription drugs and stuff like that 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 students shouldn't buy over the counter but they had these little pills like marketing um a better focus and you know to do better in class and, and stuff and alpha, and I was like, uh, generic alpha brain yeah and i was like <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. that's interesting. Very, that, very, that very. the school itself would try to get into that market. Oh man, it it I guess it kind of goes back to like the you know if you find something to exploit, exploit it. Not that it's good to exploit everything or whatever it is that you're gonna exploit, but I guess in this case of you know the university doing that, if they're okay with it, it must be okay. You know, I guess tying into this entrepreneurial mindset that a teacher could do and i guess if we could expand on this i would love that is beyond the business itself what are you trying to build like that could be a question to ask a student because if it's just having money that's when you can start telling them hey you know you can do this so i don't know if you guys want to maybe give some insight on that question because i think we could tie it into what we're doing individually now as 25 year olds. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like from what I remember like the group of the group of uh students that would um sell like candy bars and stuff like that. I feel like sometimes if not most of the time it it would stem from in like a an economic need for either either like household necessities or they just wanted to have their own money to to buy the things they liked because their parents couldn't afford it for them. Right. So I think I think for the most part it was because they they either needed the money for for you know for p- 
personal expenses at home and stuff like that, or they wanted the money to afford the things that they wanted and their parents couldn't buy for them. Right. So it wasn't, I don't think it ever came from a standpoint of, I want to build a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. It was mm-hmm. more, I'd like to have nice things or necessary things. Yeah, necessary things. I think for me, at least, and maybe this is like a, it part is like a case to case thing, but like something like that where if you're selling to help your friend, I got, I'll bring this example. I don't know if I've told you guys, but one time I was at Junior's Meat Market off Monte Cristo buying some barbecue stuff. And I had literally just subbed at Memorial. And I happened to sub for, they're not, they're labeled handicapped, but they're not. They're very smart kids. These particular, this particular group I work with. So I'm there and I see one of my quote, my quote unquote students selling cupcakes i bought the whole thing from him like because what pissed me off and th- and this is like i guess it's going back to the parent thing where you're kind of exploiting your child and i'm not for that this is on a sunday you know he has school tomorrow he probably has homework that i hope he maybe he did I mean, hopefully he did it by now but it's just one little side marker as far as what we're talking about and you know uh yeah, just everything we're talking about and having this kid, you know, exploiting your child. It's like, well, yeah, I can't. So, yeah, I bought the whole thing from him. But That's interesting. It was, beyond, it was beyond, like, the actual cupcakes themselves. Yeah. Do you guys ever remember that, that guy that was about our age? And uh, I only really remember him selling candy apples, like, like here by the university, like at McDonald's, uh, Burger King, all, all the establish- establishments that have been here in this area. He would always get off, you know, from his parents would drop him off in the van and he'd get off and sell candy apples. And um, I remember seeing him when we were very young, like maybe in our elementary days. And then I saw him again, like when we were in middle school, maybe early high school. The guy was still doing that. And I, to be honest, it may have stemmed from the parents. Like, hey, go get out there and help us make some money. Yeah. Um, but later on, I started seeing the guy like wearing like these nice like shirts and and his shoes and maybe like a a chain i was like it probably stemmed from necessity but this guy he was either making money or or he liked you know he he, not that he became so greedy but he liked having nice things yeah yeah, the things that he wanted to buy yeah and see like i feel like at some point and i feel like even i i don't struggle with this but i just have a different angle i have a different perspective now but that's where you even okay even for for his parents at least in my eyes that's where you allow him to make money you allow him to learn how to start working but then it's like instead of buying all of that let's let's just say for example he buys all that neat stuff in one trip right in one day he buy he spends a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. and uh then you have to start implementing like savings and like hey like you know and who know, but who knows where the parents mindset is at you know like there's still stuff I'm figuring out for my household. I'm just going to say household. And it's it's coming together, which is great. But um, for you future parents and myself including you know, us here at, at some point in our lives, um, you know, thinking about that, you know, instilling a in, an entrepreneurial maybe mindset, t- learning how to help your family, but then also, okay, you need to start thinking about at least little seeds about thinking about your future. Um, that's also another concept that we've lost. And I, I brought it up, I, I think, a little bit minimally, minimally as far as like retirement. We mm-hmm. talked about it a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, I brought I brought retirement up, and you know, if you start now, then you can you you'll be way off. You'll be way happier <laughs> even then. You know, like I was talking about, like last week, Brian wasn't here, but I was talking about how we have no we no longer have Netflix in our household, right? Right. And I'm like, because in like a few years, in like 15 years, when it's like better, we're gonna have it like paid for. Like it's gonna be paid for. Like I'm not gonna have to worry about it that payment. Right now, and it's not that I have to worry about it now, but I can allocate the money better at the moment. And it's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. It's Netflix. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to get more popular. It's only going right. to evolve like everything else. So it's, uh, that, that's what I see. There's, uh, it's, it, everybody's like, oh, like, I want my entertainment now. It's like, eh, I'm going to get my entertainment when I get it. You know, it's, it's all good. You know? And even then, right, <laughs> right now, my entertainment consists of like, just sleeping at least five hours a day. <laughs> it's like, God, just spare me that. Anyways, uh, we can continue. Man, talk about delayed gratification. Yeah. You're you're willing to sacrifice your Netflix today for a better Netflix tomorrow. <laughs> In a sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And I guess we can I guess we can just minimally talk about this, but that that's just what I foresee. You know, like it it's not a big deal right now. You know, it's not and besides we have YouTube, you know, like I mean YouTube and there's as much information you get on YouTube oh, as man. anywhere else. I love YouTube. You can you can be whoever the hell you wanna be. Like in life, you can become a sound engineer, a DJ, uh, a carpenter. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want off of YouTube. I love that because that that goes back to like the free information thing. Like yes. just just ta- what it, one sentence. I want to try keep keep it to one sentence. But if you like something enough, learn how to do it. Go on YouTube and learn it. Yep. It's that easy now. Yes. Someone's already put out a video of what you like to do. Gar- almost, I mean, ninety-eight percent guarantee it. Just because I always leave, there's no such thing as a hundred percent for me, because mm-hmm. you can always do more. Uh, but that. wait, so you never give a hundred percent? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to answer that? Are you want? Are, are I you, don't. You, I don't <laughs> want you to answer that. Were you gonna? No. Were, were you gonna say something though? Because I thought you pick up your mic at some point. Keep going. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but okay. I guess we can kind of go into delayed gratification, because and. Th- this is more of a reiteration as far as, like, just being in a hurry. And uh, myself included. Uh, on Friday night after the gig that I played at and Eddie sound engineered at, uh, I had, a like, a four-hour conversation with my dad. Like, we just talked. And it's pretty cool because it's, it's, it's very podcasty, But, like, that's the stuff that I then derive from to then come to this podcast with. You know, like, um, the talks I have with my mom and dad are, you know, they're near and dear to me. You know, that, that's my, those are my parents, you know. Uh, maybe one thing that everybody can take out of that is spending time with your parents and having good conversations, good building conversations with your parents and asking good questions now that you're old enough to understand uh, multiple concepts. And, hey, mom, what are you doing today? I'm all, I'm super interested in what's going on in my mom's work and my dad's work. Like, hey, how was today? Hey, how did it go at the market, you know, wherever, wherever you're at today? Um, or my mom, like, what, maybe not details as far as files she was working on, but, like, how was it for hers is how how was your interaction at work? That's my big thing. How how were you with your boss? How were you with your colleagues? You know, how were things with clients? You know, did, did something like that? And she'll come back with some naughty stories sometimes of like these uh I'll just I guess call them leadership flaws within the system of where she works at. Just that small system that she works at. And um but anyways, going back to the conversation that I was having with my dad of being in a hurry. That's what it was. Being in a hurry. And I told him, because I think now, like, my mom is, because forever she's been anti, like, sl- like no sleep. <laughs> she wants me to get some sleep, which it's understandable. She wants me to health- be healthy, and I should for myself. But the way I explained it to my dad was, like, 
at the moment, I feel like I'm running on 12 cylinders, which I'm, tr- I'm just trying to maximize it while I can. If, if at some point I have to slow down, okay, but at least I've already done this other work. I've already got it out of the way in a sense. So going to delay gratification is, you know, getting all this information and then, you know, hopefully seeing it just fall through, you know, or come true, or I guess you could say. Um, the biggest, I don't know, the, the metaphor that, well, here, it's happening to you right now where I'm kind of getting ahead of my thoughts. This is a great example of myself, mm-hmm. of like a flaw that I really, really hate. So I'm working on it, but then I get to this point in the podcast where it's like, hey, Andy, you need to slow down. Because then I lost, I lost my train of thought, essentially. Right. You know? um, then the delayed gratification. Going back to delayed gratification. Um, waiting. Okay, I'll use this example. Is Gary Vee, you know, the micro speed, macro picture. Yes. I love that. You know, move fast now. And just watch everything just come true. Like, that's what, and Eddie, I forgot, you said it in text and you said it in person, like, okay, Gary Vee. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so funny to me because it's, to, for me, it's like I finally found a person that I can relate to because that's how I feel. I just never knew how to say it and I didn't know anybody else necessarily like that. Where I am getting amped. I am lo- I'm looking forward to the future, like, immensely. But it's not going to stop me from sleeping for three, four hours a day to get work done today, like right now. Like it's going to keep going, 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 and then just start seeing the, res- you know, start seeing the results. Ultimately, I, I feel like that's just the way it works, and that goes to delayed gratification. One thing I'll say, don't let it be a delayed gratification is going back. I, I subtly brought it up, but spending time with your parents. You know, don't let that be a delayed gratification. Go spend time with them. Go to the movies. Go, uh teach them how to do something i don't know whatever um i'm trying i wish i wish i had an example off the top of my head of something that i've taught my parents but i i would say for my mom is uh dealing with her work environment and where you know everybody has their situations at work where it's like oh man i wish this person wasn't like this or whatever it's like how being able to deal or knowing how to maybe solve a particular situation or at least at least uh learning to walk away or not not worrying about that bullshit um but still that that ties into a type of delayed gratification um now my mom's coming to me and she's like oh like this happened at work and this is how i approached it it's like freaking a like awesome like that's all i can think of and i'm definitely driving her away from the day-to-day the the eight to five thing uh because she has that entrepreneurial spirit we saw that video. I've sh- I sent to you guys. I don't know if you guys watched. I know Brian watched it because I, I made him watch it uh, on the no, way over I, here. I watched it before, you but oh, okay, when, you, sure. when you had mentioned it, I guess because it wasn't it wasn't that recent. Yeah, yeah. Within well, like, I, I guess with, with within everything Wednesday to today. Yeah, with then everything then that happened, Friday. it felt like a long long before that. But yeah, right. no, I did watch it. Right, right. Okay, so uh, you know, it being a generational thing, as far as. Be having an entrepreneurial spirit, but being in a world that tells you you can't build your own product or you can't build your own business. And once I showed her that video, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And I, and we're resetting her, like her direction, which now involves social media. It's like, that's just the bottom line. And for people listening, um, find me on Facebook, uh, especially for the females or actually we also have, or we, my mom, oh my. my mom also has, uh, 
There's actually men's products. They're legit. Like, there's some colognes that are really legit. But for you guys, if you have a girlfriend, you can get some gifts. They smell good. Like, anyway, I'll continue. But uh, just a small plug. But find me on Facebook. Add me because there's going to be some changes coming up starting tomorrow that I want to start helping my mom just pushing her stuff on social media and going that route. Um, in addition, the cool thing for her is that she's now giving out more business cards, like, intentionally. Like, she's like, here, take my business card. Or here, you know, call me later. Or here, text me later, whatever. And so, and it's the one thing that I always bring up to Eddie with his social media platforms and stuff is for every 100 person, every 100 people only expect five people to respond, which is 5%. Eddie's have some decent ones where he's like at ten percent on some of his Insta stories and whatnot. I'm like I'm like right at five percent, seven percent, which is cool. Um, that's where I that's where I'm I don't mind being at because I know that that's like the rationale at the moment. Until I the more I post, hopefully the the bigger the the viewers you know the counts get. But anyways, there's a even okay tying how it tied into today gratification still is we have to do all this work right now. It's going to take months before we see any results. Where before she was she was posting on Facebook, she was posting and she was posting but not as frequently, but because she wasn't getting results. She's like, well, "What is Facebook doing for me?" It's like, "Well, what are you posting?" Now, I mean, this is a new question, but now it's like instead of saying, "Well, what is it doing for you?" Now it's like, "Well, how much how much are you posting on Facebook?" Mm-hmm. Cuz the example I brought up is like, "We all do it where you just scroll down Facebook, well, except for Brian, Brian don't have Facebook." <laughs> so, Eddie does it, I do it. We're on Facebook and we just scroll, and we kind of we kind of skimming, but we don't read really you or at least for me, I don't read every single post. Depending on who it is, I will read their post every single time. But if it's something like a, from a like page with jujitsu, like I'll see it and then keep going, see it and keep going, whatever, or anything with working out, you know, see it keep going. Uh, but uh, for her, it's like okay, we need more content. We need to push that. So that, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Um, like I said. Um, Change is coming. I love it. We can move forward. Awesome. So you're talking about your parents, and really the only thing I could honestly think about when you brought that up, uh, not that I wasn't listening to everything you were just saying. I totally took all that awesomeness in. But it made me think about when I was younger, like getting into my 20s, um, and I literally mean like getting into my 20s. Like this was around like 20, maybe 21. Okay. When I was still with um, the girl I was with at the time, mm. and she's the first person that ever made me think about my parents as human beings with flaws, and you know, as, as people who make mistakes just as much as any other person does, you know, because I don't know. I guess like before that, I just kind of saw like saw them as like authoritative figures, I guess, you know. But then when she had like, I guess like something had happened at the time with me and my mom, and we like we're in like this big fight or whatever and we're just like having trouble communicating well and healthily and um and so like my girlfriend at the time was basically telling me like you need to like like drop the authoritative like, authoritative look on your mom and just like look at her as a human capable of making mistakes and flaws and and like take all that in and and work with it as she works with you and mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry like I don't know if that was like kind of a ramble no, no, but no no it, it it's totally relevant cuz I I I'd say I agree because it goes back to the general, the macro picture of like we're all human beings who interact with each other, you know, and we're we're in a unique state of being of time as well. Where like communications can be maxed out at all times, twenty four hours a day because of technology. Um, even even 
digital face face to face, which is FaceTime, you know, FaceTime, Skype, all right. that stuff that was that you you can use that. Um, so I I feel like that's very relevant and that's interesting because it it I think I've kind of brought up at points you know where, or I guess different points through the podcast where. Uh, we're all humans. You be be aware of what you're saying, you know. And the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing lately is people becoming. It seems like people are becoming more aware, but tone, tone has a lot to do with it. And people sometimes people don't realize what their tone is and at a specific moment. And like I'll, that, so that's what I'm listening to at the like for whenever I'm interacting with people. It's like okay, what what kind of dynamic is he giving? You know, is he sharp? Is he you know. Uh, is he right? If he's is he sharp in the sense of like, like quick like a snapback answer, you know, like or, or is he gonna let me finish explaining? Or after I explain, is he gonna follow up with a question? Or is he gonna just put like deny my response or deny my my point or whatever I'm trying to get across? Um, that's been a big thing lately. But going back to Eddie, is that yeah, uh, that's good. I'm glad that that happened then because I think it's effect. It's it's slowly going to like the way you are now with your parents yeah um it's funny because before coming over here at uh, the podcast with you guys um, i was at dinner with my family yeah. and so i was asking my parents what they did over the weekend since i didn't really see them like hardly at all thursday friday saturday yep. and uh, so they went to hillbillies last night to go dancing nice. and uh yes yeah, so they went out and had all their fun doing that and my mom was kind of like expressing her like random and i do mean very random <laughs> hate for one of the bouncers there and uh, it's like, we don't even know the guy. She's never spoken a word to him. Just like something about the way his demeanor comes off. Like she doesn't, you know, mm. she doesn't like him. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And, um, oh, man, it was just like, it's so funny. She's like just going off about how much like she hates this guy and like can't stand him. And I was like, man, it's like you don't even know him. And she's like, yeah, like, he just walks around like he owns the place and like he's like big shit and whatever. And I was like, it's like, well, he's a bouncer. That's kind of his job. <laughs> yeah, he needs like, to that's, hold that, his own. For yeah, sure. that's kind of the the uh, the literal personification that he needs to have for his job. And um, and she was like, yeah, I understand. I just don't like him. And I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I know I've heard that before, like from my household as well. It's 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 a funny thing that I, at that point, I mean, not that point, but for something like that, I just laugh it off. I was like, okay, like it's fine. I mean. It's it, I guess it, does, it doesn't affect me enough to like I'm like oh my god something's gonna happen. But yeah no definitely something but, we but just <laughs> yeah definitely something we just all had a good to laugh, laugh about. about. Yeah so yeah it's something to laugh about for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was just telling her I was just like I don't know why you're like why you hate him you don't even know him and it's like he's just like doing his job and and she's like I ah, just like walks around like he owns the place and he's all big shit and like acting tough and I was like well it's like how do, do you think like would, can you think of another way to do like a bouncer's job do you have a better way to do his job? Yeah. Like I don't know it's just funny. Yeah Mom's no funny. yeah yeah it's, it's it's a good thing it's, it's funny. Uh, very cool. I'm kind of down to call it there. I feel like we got dense really quick. Um, I don't. I don't want to like start going off our asses. Yeah. You know. I. I know. I feel like that, especially when I re-listen. You f- you find that point where you kind of just start talking off your ass, and then, then I get feedback from a couple of friends. It's like, oh, we, like they can tell. So it's all good. Uh, we're gonna close it out here. Cool. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on today. Uh, delayed gratification. Uh, moving ma- micro moving macro picture um, if you guys have any closing thoughts I'll close it out um, you guys have anything before signing off social media Brian now has an Instagram yay <laughs> but I feel like don't misinterpret this like it's not my personal like it's not a personal 
um, Instagram. It's just a page that um, I guess I'm trying to, before I really kind of take off with, with an online store and everything, I'd like to maybe build an audience. So I know when I when I first created it, I think maybe two two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, I, almost uh, a month ago. No three way. Weeks ago, I think three weeks ago. Three, a solid three weeks, I would say. Dang, time flies. Yeah. Well, when I start the day I started it, like I started posting, you know, my my first shirt on there and stuff, and really, like, I don't have an online store yet. I don't have a storefront yet, so I think, and I don't have a lot of a whole lot of designs either. So, I think what I what I decided would be a a good um, path to take is maybe build an audience on on that Instagram account. Um, build that audience there, and then when I finally have enough designs and a, a proper storefront and everything, it would be kind of the flow would be a lot smoother to you know present my my stuff on there and and already have an audience that will be interested in the content that I'm already putting out, um, which will be more probable that they'll buy my stuff because it, it it'll be similar, it'll be related. So um, yeah, I made an Instagram. You could follow me at. The intronaut underscore, I forget. Sorry. It is. It is at so the intronaut underscore. T h e i n t r o n a u t underscore. Like underscore spelled out or no? Like underscore the symbol. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm would be really long. I'm is that even messing. is that even legal in Instagram? <laughs> I'm new to this. I don't know. <laughs> it's very true. So what's your Twitter handle? Uh, I believe it's the same thing. The intranaut underscore. And then you have your personal one as well. My personal Twitter? Yes. Yes. So people can contact you. Yeah, that one's Brian Alejandro underscore. Dope. Man, what's what, what's up with my underscores at the end? <laughs> it's like your thing. It's like your niche. You should you should make a product line called the underscore. The underscore. Copyright Brian. Moments. The underscore <laughs> at the end. The underscore at the end. Eddie, what's your social media info? So, uh, Instagram is at Eddie underscore signs number three. And Twitter handle is just Eddie signs three. That's E-D-D-I-E-S-A-E-N-Z number three. I love it. Love it. Mine is, my Instagram is Andy Walker underscore. And then my Twitter is Andy Walker underscore lead. L-E-A-D. And funny because the reason for putting lead is because the lead guitar thing. And now it, it might be like change, like the, the concept of lead right. means to- something totally different to me now. The concept is anyway. So that's that. Uh, Facebooks, you can find us. I have all this information on the show notes as well. So it's not like it's not there for people to see and add us and ask us questions. I even leave the, the, e- the email, the podcast email, which is podcast dot millennial with two n's at gmail.com so podcast dot m i l l e n n i a l at gmail.com and i just want to say like not that i wasn't open to questions before but more so now guys like i'm kind of gonna need to to balance some uh some work off so don't be afraid to ask me questions about anything i'm down to dive into whatever whatever you guys are curious about i'm afraid to ask questions just in general (laughs) knowledge scares me (laughs) i'd rather just live in my own little ignorant world you're such a million ignorance is bliss (laughs) would you like a (laughs) t-shirt always
Well, we'll sign off now. I'm not going to leave a quote. There's enough uh, out in the world that you can find and research and use to help yourself, help those around you, and give back.